All right, welcome to Demon Road Diaries. Uh, we're doing it all in one shot today. We will not be doing a preamble. We're actually going straight into the meat and potatoes because we're doing something different. Uh, we wanted to take some time to do uh, a special episode where we talk about the speaking out movement. Um, some of you might know um, that our very own Chelsea Durden uh, spoke out and um, there's a lot of big um like a lot of big impact has happened because of that um we're also bringing on our friend kikyo and uh we'll be talking about some other stuff uh that's involved with her too so let's do the introduction you know who i am i'm not music city messiah i'm caden green i'm that bastard son ronnie rios i'm the last thing that you see before you die chelsea Durden. And I'm the fallen flower, Kikio. And uh, thank you so much for coming on, Kikio. Um, uh, obviously, as evident by the brave statement that Chelsea made publicly and the many brave statements I know that you've made and lots of talent have made across all media platforms about what's going on, uh, it's been a little, it's been a lot. It's been a lot to process. There's a lot of people, I think, a lot of people lost some of their idols. A lot of people um, lost friends, people they thought were friends, people they considered friends. Um, I know because this is, hasn't been just a big thing on major promotions and major wrestlers, but it's it's trickled down to, you know, the the smallest of independent indies. Um, and, yeah, it's just... It makes I know for me at least it's made me reevaluate just like everything, <laughs> just my role, uh, my contributions, what what I haven't done, what I have done, what I could do to be better, um, and it's yeah it's a lot. So uh, I wanted to bring you on because you're someone we've known for a while. I do consider you a good friend, and you're a very seasoned worker. Uh, wrestled all across the country, been a lot of. Uh, locker rooms with a lot of some of the talent that are um, kind of being taken down right now. Uh, not that I'm looking for dirt or anything, but no, just... it's just like, uh, like the Joey Ryan one was like, it wasn't a shock. It was a shock at how many. So, okay. I guess we'll just go straight into it then. Cause here's the thing. What, what's your take on the Joey Ryan thing? Because I think the one thing everybody's been talking about is how did he, kind of get away with it for so long when it was so prevalent so as a female in the business like even even just as like a young, a young guy in the business you look up to these people who have been doing this for x amount of time or you hear their name everywhere all the time and they have a certain it's like an art it's already a mental pull that you feel that they have this closeness to the brass ring just because you're constantly hearing their name, you know, and then like somebody like Joey Ryan, who is, you know, very prominent in pro wrestling gorilla has, you know, done RuPaul's drag race and taught the drag Queens how to wrestle. Um, literally ended up on ESPN for doing a random spot in, I think it was DDT. Like yeah, it was DDT. he is yeah. hugely known. So to try and speak out against somebody of that caliber, immediately they'll be like oh no she's she's just trying to get her name out there 
You know, it's it's like those psychos who say, oh, I slept with Justin Bieber. Like, no, no, you didn't. You're psycho and you need to go get help. But the fact that so many women have come forward and like the one that really hit hard for me was when Vanessa Craven spoke out. Like she's one of my good friends. She's a not a small person. So for her of all people, who's also very confident in herself, like to feel that small and manipulated to where she, you know, couldn't do anything about it breaks my heart. Like I get chills just even thinking about it, that it, it kills me. Um, the only, like I, and I never, I never witnessed anything like that. Thankfully. Um, if I had, I would definitely have stepped up and be like, Hey dude, what the fuck are you doing? But the only instance I ever had anything like that, we were leaving a show. Um, he had been drinking. He was outside in the parking lot and I went to go to the car so I could, you know, leave. And I'm like, Hey Joey, you know, I'm taking off. He's like, okay, bye. You know, give him a hug. Cause I've known him since 2000 and like 2010, 2011, something like that. Like I've known him for the preface. You're from Sacramento, California. So like you're right from his stomping grounds and stuff. Yeah, he was down in Southern California in L.A. I didn't really start going down there a lot until about 2013, 2014. But, I mean, I had been booked on shows that I was on because my trainers would, you know, use him for shows or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, He was on – actually, he was on my home company's shows quite often, and he would bring up Candace and, you know, bring up Buggy Nova. And uh, so, like, yeah, I was just – I was leaving the show, and I could see that he was, like, visibly drunk. Like, hey, Joey, I'm taking off, you know, good to see you. Give him a hug and like pulled back and kind of tried to kiss me. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're really drunk. I'm going to go now. Bye. (laughs) Just didn't think anything of it because it's just something so prevalent in the business. You walk by, somebody grabs your ass, you know, walks by, makes a comment about your boobs or, you know, tries to accidentally bump you or something like that. Oh, sorry. It's like, no, you're 12. Go away. It's gross. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, did you want to say something? Or you gonna say something? No, I'm just kind of a. My brain's just—it's all over the place. Um, I said what I said at on early Saturday morning around a quarter to five. Um, and since then, this past full week, it's just been an unbelievable whirlwind. It, it happened, feels like it happened like overnight. You know, I had Thursday, I was, you know, living my life and I took a, uh, a um, gander at the Twitter machine and was like, oh, the hell's going on here? And I started getting messages from a lot of my friends and and people who knew, you know, bits and pieces of what I've been through. Like, you should, you should say something, you should say something, you should say something. And I, and Rios knows this because he was in my living room when I sat down at my computer over a month ago to write the first draft of what I eventually put up online because I knew I wanted to say something and that I had to say something. Uh, but even back then, even a month ago, you know, I wasn't, 
I wasn't ready. And a year and a half ago, when I left my old home promotion, I wasn't ready. And I got a text from one of my best friends. And he said, if you were waiting for a sign, I think this is the sign. And I was up all night editing it, rereading it. I had gone to my parents' house earlier that night to tell them everything because they knew, again, bits and pieces just like everyone else, but they didn't know the full story and I felt that it should come from me and not the internet. And that was already like incredibly emotionally like horrifying in and of itself. And then I posted it. I finally went to bed. I don't think I fell asleep till around 6.30 and woke up maybe around noon or two o'clock. My phone had been blowing up since literally five that morning. And it's just been a complete whirlwind since then, you know, since Thursday before I made the decision that I was going to post it, you know, seeing all of these things come out, you know, Joey Ryan, David Starr, big, big names in our business, having these really, really serious allegations around them. And you know what? You know what? Fuck it. Like, I got to stop saying, like, allegations and, like, tiptoeing around things and using, like, politically correct language. Like, I, like, I don't care. These, these motherfuckers are rapists. They're abusers. They rape people. They beat people. They do everything they can to keep their careers down. They abuse their powers. They're abusers. That's what it is. And we, as, as wrestlers, as humans have to become more comfortable with using that language and calling them what they are. It took me so long to come to terms with the fact that I was raped and to call it that and to call my former trainer who I called out online, Pablo Marquez, what he is, a rapist, because he raped me and he beat me and he tortured me and he manipulated and blackmailed me and used my love of wrestling and my fear of him and what he would do to me and what he would do to my friends and my family and my pets. I, he used that to keep me quiet and I refuse to fucking be quiet anymore because it's him and it's people like him that use our silence to be protected so they can hurt more people. I left Coastal Championship Wrestling in South Florida a year and a half ago, but I did nothing to dismantle the system that allowed him to get away with everything that he got away with for so long. And that system is not just the management in place at his bullshit promotion, it's the entire culture of pro wrestling, both independent and above, that allows things like this to continue to exist. You know, you walk past and, you know, some older drunk veteran grabs your ass as a female wrestler, you fucking deal with it because you're told to. And that's what everybody's used to for 
since since the seventies, since the sixties, since this be since wrestling became a thing. If oh your, your trainer comes on to you, you fucking deal with it. You uh huh, and you bat it away. Or you deal with it, or you know maybe he tell maybe he shoves you up against your car and puts his hand down your pants and says if you let him fuck and if you let him fuck you, you know then you can go home. And maybe that starts happening, and you just fucking deal with it and you let it happen because as women in wrestling. We are told that we deal with this shit and that it's our fault and we got into the wrestling business so we should know what we're in for, right? But that's not fucking right. It never has been. It never should be. And now's the fucking time that it stops. Where this new generation of wrestlers that have been trying to change everything in a multitude of different ways and get rid of all of these stereotypes and wrestling and in how black wrestlers are treated, how other uh, wrestlers of color are treated, how trans and LGBTQ um, wrestlers are treated. And now it's time to erase and eliminate the misogyny, the covered up abuse, the lies, the convincing ourselves that all of this is okay because it's fucking not. And I'm sick of it. Like I, I started in 2009. Um, and even prior to that, like one of the, uh, one of the stories that I had posted about with big time wrestling, uh, not to be mistaken with the one that's on the East coast, because there is one on the, uh, West coast and like, just hearing you, hearing you explain everything just like brings me back to all of the crap that I've held, had to endure and and deal with and i i am like i'm so fucking proud of you for even having the strength to do that because i saw your post and i saw a couple other girls and i was i I did the same thing i literally stayed up till like three four o'clock in the morning i couldn't sleep and it was just nothing but i like i was shaking my heart was racing for no reason it's like why, why is this feeling happening like this person's not even anywhere near me I don't even know where he lives up until after I posted my story. Like, um, but like I was 15 years old when I first started going to independent shows at big time wrestling, it was because I had did a meet and greet with Jeff Hardy. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, I didn't know that there's something other than WWE. Let me go to these shows now. And Kirk would, you know, sidle up to my mom. Hey, baby, how's it going? How how come you haven't called me? Where you been? And, you know, do that creepy fucking old man snake around the waist thing. And then, you know, the, like, I, I didn't notice. I was 15 years old. That was not even a thing I was even thinking about. I just knew that I got to see wrestling. And now sometimes I get to see old WWE wrestlers that aren't working anymore or whatever. Um, but like there was, he was, there was always just a creepy vibe about him. And he always screwed my mom over. He promised us things. And like, there was one time my mom and I had driven an hour and a half out to Fremont with our shitty car because he had promised us that he had a new car for us. And that, you know, we had saved up this money to go and trade out this car and he left us fucking high and dry. We drove out to where we were supposed to meet, didn't answer his phone wasn't returning any phone call we called up a couple of the other workers and they're like no we haven't heard from him and like we're just like oh okay we really didn't have the ability to do what we just did and now we have to try and hopefully get home um 
and then like I started working for him because it was that full circle moment like oh I'm training now because you know Jason Styles refused to train me because he didn't like training women um and then Bailey ended up starting training the same year I did funny enough <laughs> um it was the first time I worked for him was fine and then I did the WrestleFest with him it was me and Nicole Savoy and I got to have Molly Holly as my special guest referee and it was absolutely amazing we had match of the night on a card that had like Chris Masters and Cody Hall and Ric Flair with an opening promo. And we had match of the freaking night. Like it was insane. And I'm in the back, we're talking and it's like me and Nicole and like Kirk is sitting next to me and I'm standing up. I've got like rock and roll express over on the left. Um, and I guess Ryan Von Cool was somewhere in there. I guess I must not have noticed him, but he was there when it happened. Cause he confirmed it for me. But Kirk just kind of reached up and put his hand up under my skirt and I'm like what the I flipped out on him like what the fuck are you doing like I've known you since I was 15 years old you're like an uncle to me like how dare you touch me like that and him and Jason just kind of laughed off like oh it's just a rib and walked out and you know Rock and Roll Express looked over like oh darling that's not cool like you don't do that to people like in their sweet southern accents and it was just like so jarring that he would even think to put his hands on me and I just ended up going outside and like smoking some weed with Chris and Cody and I'm like I'm I can't I can't even do this right now like I I have to that pops in my head every time I want to remember my favorite match and it's it's not okay that's the kind of thing that they do though is that they test the waters and see like how far can I get with this how how much can I get away with and maybe if you hadn't, you know, immediately rea- reacted that way as you have every fucking right to and you should have and I'm glad you did, maybe push the envelope a little further. And those are the, the other things they do is like you say you can't think of your favorite match without also recalling that. I can't think of any of my favorite matches without that same thing either because they try to... They try to throw it in your face, all the things that they did for you. I'm sure you said, like, well, I trained you, and I gave you Molly Holly, you know, as your special guest referee, and look at all the stuff that you achieved because of me. And I got that same bullshit. I brought in Mercedes Martinez for you, and Rachel Ellering, and Santana Garrett, and all these people that you worked for worked because of me, and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, fuck you, because I paid them out of my own pocket anyway, because you're fucking broke, you piece of shit. And second of all, it's not, it's, that's what abusers do is they try and they groom you and it's fucking inappropriate as shit that they do is they groom you and they use their power and their position. That's why the, the, the fucking, the Joey Ryans and the, all of these people who are in positions in wrestling above people if you would like to say they they use they use their position of power and authority wherever they go to get what they want and sometimes what they want is nudes from underage girls sometimes what they want is that cute female trainee over there and sometimes what they want is a long-term bullshit brainwashing manipulative just whole thing it's i'm not i'm not making 
any sense right now. It's just, it's, it's moving a million po- miles per hour, but like, you know, promotions like big time wrestling, like they, they completely folded, right? Like they're done. No. Um, so big time wrestling is actually one of like the Sorry, last that's, of that's the, the other one. that's the other one. Yeah. Um, big time wrestling is one of like the last of the uh, territories from California that is still running. They've been running for like over 25 years. Um, and I, I spoke with somebody who apparently is like a representative for them and has been working with them over the last couple of years. Um, every single person except for Kirk White is already has already left the company. Um, me and a couple of the other girls tried to bring their stuff to light uh, a couple years ago and we got a lot of flack for it, but nothing ever really came of it. It was just more of like, ah, well, we always we already knew Kirk was a piece of shit. Like, it's really not that big of a surprise. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, there's there's a girl who I wrestled with. Um, it was me and her against Shayna Baszler and Ruby Rays at APW, and she's no longer in the business anymore. And we haven't like she literally just up and disappeared. We I went completely social media silent, ghosted, and I'm pretty sure it's because of the shit that was going down and um it's it's really really frustrating uh but apparently according to her jason styles isn't there anymore uh chemo Canaloa is not there anymore um the new trainers actually are samara and scotty ringer um samara has been to japan she had a, a stint with ddt scotty's uh one of they're both trained by P- btw so they also know and have seen the stuff that they went through and other students went through so to have them in charge is like really it 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 eases my anxiety a lot because i know that they're really good people um so if anything it's just like now everybody knows to keep an extra eye on kirk um because it's it, it is his company and he has been doing it for 25 plus years so he's obviously not stupid when it comes to running a business it's just he's you know a stupid human being (laughs) but they've more or less like dismantled that system that was in place that you know allowed all of that kind of shit to happen which is as far as i know yeah they like put out their little post or whatever but it was only after a bunch of people saw my post and kept they they kept deleting comments and deleting comments and like finally it was enough to where they're like all right fine we'll say something about it that's it's everybody's just trying to save face Mm -hmm. and and you know, trying to get ahead of or trying to get behind accusations, and it's 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 fucked up. It's, it's unbelievably fucked up because there are women all over the world coming out against fellow workers, referees, trainers, promoters. It's it's widespread and it's rampant and it's. It's all these over. people aren't in control of themselves, so they want to be in control of something else. It's it's a control thing. It's a power thing, and I I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't deal with it anymore. I can't I can't pretend that that didn't happen to me, and that that didn't happen to you, and that that didn't happened to any of my friends that so much of this shit has happened to and that we've all gone through together and like we're all part of the same club that nobody wants to be in 
And it's funny how people make fun of girls for going to the bathroom in groups. Gee, I wonder why we do that. This is exactly why we go to the bathroom in groups. This is exactly why we go to shows in groups. This is exactly why I don't walk into walker, locker rooms alone. I won't, be in, I won't be in a fucking room alone with anybody. I'm afraid of my own shadow. I won't go to bed without making sure that every fucking door in my house is locked at least three times. It's, it's fucking wild. Nobody should have, nobody should have to live with it, live like this. You know, no girl should go home from wrestling trainer training and like look at themselves in the mirror and wonder what they had done that was so wrong that they deserved that. No one should have to get in the ring wondering if like they're gonna get shot on in like retaliation or if they're gonna if they're gonna get stretched or if they're gonna come out and find their tires slashed and all of these stupid things that have been happening to women all over all over the country all over the world it's it's rampant and I don't know what it was that sparked it, but I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad we're finally talking about it and it's becoming something that people can share and they can find support with each other and know that they're not alone with their pain and that they didn't do anything wrong and that they can forgive themselves. And for the people, for the people who didn't see, see the signs, who didn't know that anything was going on, you know, I was, I was talking to Jason Cade the other day and he was wondering, he was saying, mentioning how, you know, when he's usually in a locker room, he just kind of mostly like keeps to himself. He might talk to a couple of his friends or what have you, but he just kind of, you know, zones out and does his thing, puts on his gear, whatever. And he's wondering, you know, should I have been more vigilant? Could I have been more vigilant? Could I have had my eyes open, seen what was going on and stopped something? But I didn't. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I had no idea. And people like that, I, I think need to forgive themselves too. Cause I've gotten so many messages from men and women through at all levels of the business who I know, um, saying that if they had known they would have done something, but there's no way that they could have known. I didn't tell them. And most of the time abusers are on their best fucking behavior in front of, you know, people at higher levels of them or people they people they view as superiors or peers. You know, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna pop off at you in front of like a Norman Smiley or something who's visiting your school or in your locker room. That's gonna happen behind closed doors. That's gonna happen with the ring full of other kids that you've got brainwashed against the rest of the world it's it's you couldn't you couldn't have known you can't blame yourself for not knowing that anything was going on what you have to do is stand up now you have to police you have to be an advocate you have to be an ally you have to police your locker rooms and you know check your fucking brother wrestlers you know you see them uh, saying some shit about about a woman be like hey that's not fucking cool maybe don't make a fucking rape joke or, hey, I saw you trying to stare at so-and-so when she was trying to change behind a towel because we don't have separate locker rooms because this is a fucking Legion outpost. Maybe don't fucking do that or I'll beat the shit out of you. And I've literally, like, 
figured out ways like I could legit change into my gear, like full underwear, bra, everything with literally nobody seeing anything because of that situation. Like I've had to change in front of um, it was either to go change in a nasty ass porta potty at a uh, giant like six block festival or, you know, figure out a way to change right here and now either like underneath the ring. Oh, I can't do that because it's like tied up in a way that I can't get through because I'm too fat. Well, fuck it. All right. Let me try and shenanigans. All right. Ta-da. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and it shouldn't, it just shouldn't be that way. I mean, one promotion should be making separate locker rooms, period. It doesn't matter if it's like, um, or they should clear out the locker room for women to get changed either way. Like there shouldn't be a case where it's like, Hey, can you hold this towel for me so I can change? I just don't want that creeper or that creeper staring at me because that creeper and that creeper shouldn't be in the fucking locker room to begin with. But also it's up to promotions at this point too, to make sure that one, they're keeping their locker room creep free and two, that they're giving women an opportunity and anyone who doesn't feel comfortable changing in front of all these people, an opportunity to change in a, uh, in a different situation, be it a office, be it um, a separate bathroom, or like you said, clearing up the fucking thing. If somebody said, Hey, would you mind leaving the locker room for 10 minutes? So these four girls can get dressed or even this one girl can get dressed. Yeah, dude, I'll go play on my phone at my fucking merch table. Like, you don't have to be in the locker room. Like if you are a dude and there's a girl getting changed, you should in good conscience, get the fuck up and leave. So that's just, that's how it should be. I don't care who you are. It's gotten to the point where like, I like, I, because I've been doing this for so long, I really don't give a shit anymore when I'm changing for the most part. Yeah. Um, like I could, I've seen guys get up and I'm, and I'm like, Oh, no worries, bro. Like, you don't have to like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, it's like, it really doesn't matter. And they're still kind of like, uh, all right. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm still going to leave. And that's good. You should be second guessing that because I shouldn't be comfortable enough being like, nah, bro, you're good. Yeah. Like granted I should be, you know, every woman should be comfortable enough with her body to be like, yeah, no, bro, I'm good, but I'm not comfortable enough with my body like that. I'm just so used to the situation that I'm comfortable with it. Um, yeah. But it's, also, but it's not a fucking peep show. So like at the end of the, like if I didn't want people to see me, if I wasn't okay with people seeing me change, I would go somewhere else and change. Um, per, like personally, and that's as a dude. And I'm like, I literally wrestle in the equivalent of underpants. So like, um, I should be more than okay with that. But sometimes I don't feel all right with that. But like you said, yeah, everything, every, if there's a girl who needs to get changed in your locker room as dudes, as men, and I, I don't mean, to, I'm sorry that I'm saying girls because I know that can come off offensive. I mean, women, and it's just, um, just any soul. female identifying any person, like in general. Yeah. Or even if you're, even if you don't identify as a female, you identify non-binary or other, like if you don't feel comfortable having dudes in the locker room, say something or say something to someone else. If somebody comes to me and says, yo, there's a lot of dudes in the soccer room and I really need to get changed. I don't give a fuck. I will stand. I'm 200 fucking pounds and six foot one. I am a fucking nasty dude. And I will tell every one of those motherfuckers to get out of the locker room so you can let my sister change. So regardless of who you are, if you are my sister, you're my sister. So I think as like dudes, we need to understand like as dudes, not we like the four of us, but 
as dudes, as males in the wrestling business, you need to understand that, like, you have to have a level of respect for other people. Get the fuck out of the locker room if a woman needs to change. Period. I actually spoke to uh, Brandon of Party Hard Wrestling in Arizona, uh, and the way that the venue is set up, they have, like, a downstairs little basement area where everybody basically gets changed, Um, and there really isn't a lot of room or really an extra place unless you can go all the way through all the fucking marks and, like, go to the bathroom out there. Um, But I was talking to him about the situation because I found out my ex was wrestling in Arizona. I'm like, hey, I can't have this person at the shows if I'm going to be wrestling for you anymore. And uh, like uh, Brandon and um, Michelle and Steve Eilis of IZW have been like super, super helpful with everything. And I love them very dearly. Uh, But I was talking to Brandon. I'm like, hey, what if like since the stage is so big and we utilize so much of it for no reason, like why, you know, why couldn't you maybe just like put up a curtain and maybe have the girls change downstairs and the guys change up here on the stage, you know, or something or, or vice versa, something like that. And like it's nice to be able to you know collaborate with promoters and bookers and help them be more progressive and be more inclusive to everybody changing and you know going on with everything that's going on and being more safe about it things there's there's a hundred different ways to make it work and to make people feel more comfortable and it's and it starts it starts with us the people it starts with the promoters and continues with us, the people in the locker room, you know, promoters need to be vetting their fucking guys. Like, I don't care how long you've known somebody. It's, you know, if, if really how you know somebody is mostly social media and you see them two times a year for the past decade, you don't really know this person. You, you need to be vetting your people, you know, a a single Google search can pop up things that you've never you've never even fucking considered about these people. It's like, oh, this guy is actually not allowed within 500 feet of a school. Maybe I should address that before putting him on my show where there's so many children and vulnerable people, people who might be attending the show. There's, it, it's, you know, vet your people. And then it comes down to the boys and girls to, you know, be locker room leaders and police their fucking coworkers. It's like, if you see another wrestler kind of looking uncomfortable, say something about it. If you see a girl leave the room and a guy immediately get up and go to follow, maybe that's something you might want to check out. Like, I know nobody wants to be a dick. Nobody wants to be intrusive. Nobody wants to start shit. But maybe it's time to start starting shit to keep people safe. And, like, at the same time, I also feel like if if these... So I think AEW honestly has it right with what they're doing with the talent that have been, you know, had had that have been accused of doing wrong things. Um, Sammy Guevara, rape jokes aren't funny, period. Not ever, nor will they ever. Um, and the fact that they suspended him without pay are sending him to sensitivity training and making him go through essentially a rehabilitation process and donating his money, you know, his whole entire paycheck to a women's shelter. Like, that is a step in the right direction. Like, hey, this guy fucked up. And, and then same with Jimmy Havoc. He's going through a, re- a rehabilitation to understand why the things that he has done are wrong and are reevaluating their positions in the company after these things have been completed. Like, these people, uh, cancel culture is great until it's not. And everybody wants to cancel all these people like no fuck them fuck their jobs fuck their lives it's like 
yeah, but you can't also be some these some of these people deserve to be in jail. Period. They need to be locked up and never be near anyone forever for the rest of their lives. There's others that just honestly need teaching and they need rehabilitation and they need to learn and grow and understand why the things that they're doing are not okay. Can I make a point to that though? Absolutely. Um, as someone who has been like at times, like I feel like targeted by cancel culture, I can effectively say that like, I hate that term. Because it's not real. Same. No. It's, it's not stupid. Be, it's not real because it's like we're just asking for people to be accountable. We're just asking for people to own up to the shit they've done and and just not act like it didn't happen. And, and the thing is, the reason I have an issue with quote-unquote cancel culture is like there's so many um, famous people – Actors, comedians, writers, directors, musicians, uh, and now pro wrestlers. So it's like, okay, we can say this person was being targeted or this person, they're coming for them for no reason. Cancel culture is running amok. And I'm like, honestly, the only people that are truly getting canceled are the people who like did really heinous shit, like Dave Chris, like Joey Ryan, like David Starr, like 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 receipts upon receipts versus like i'm sorry but like everyone was like 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 a fucking like six months ago we all tried to cancel tessa blanchard she still became world champion and yeah now she's fired and now she's not working for impact but the reason she got fired wasn't because of shit that came out about her it was because of she refused to do promos in mexico and as soon as she got fired there's immediately interest from WWE to hire her. So, like, I refuse to recognize that there is such a thing as quote-unquote cancel culture, or at least that there is, um, if there is cancel culture, it's it's because when this shit hits, like, you guys were all on Twitter when this started, people were saying wild shit. Not like, and I don't mean, like, wild shit, like, accusations. I mean, like, just the tone of statements that were coming from people of like just their general statements about the status of this, the, the status of pro wrestling and kind of the situation, just really grandiose statements about uh, locker room culture, promotion culture. I'm not going to this promotion and fuck this person, uh, burn this bridge, fuck that. And the thing about it is like, I think all of that's valid, but it's like, it's people venting their emotions. It's it's people expressing that anger, that frustration, that fear. And at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to call it impotent rage, but it's one of those things where it's like, we have to understand that just because someone got called out and just as someone said something mean to you or about you on Twitter or about your promotion or about your fucking whatever... It's like, just let them have their fucking moment, dude. Because at the end of the day, like, if if what you did was something that, like, in theory, you could, like, bounce. Like, like Sammy Guevara, well, he did was horrible. But I I think he'll be fine. If he, I don't think I, he should lose his job over no, it. No, he's like, not going to lose his job. 
he I could tell he was very repentant about what he said. And I think he had genuine conversations with the people that he needed to have conversations with about why what he did was wrong. Um, I'm not sold on Jimmy Havoc. I think he's getting fired as soon as he gets out of rehab because the shit on him is way deeper than Sammy Guevara. But that's what I mean is like Sammy Guevara made a horrible joke that he should have been punished for. But he will be fine. He's young. He's got a huge career ahead of him if he doesn't get injured or doesn't continue to fuck up. Jimmy Havoc, I think Jimmy Havoc's done. But Jimmy Havoc's done because alcohol and depression doesn't make you a fucking rapist. Like, so it's like, this isn't cancel culture. It's accountability. And so if you feel like there's a cancel culture, it's because you just don't want to see people vent their emotions about how shitty this is right now. Like, not only is this happening, but this is happening in the midst of a global recession, a global pandemic, and like, 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 and and like mass protests that we're still like we're still protesting about police brutality, and then this happens on top of that. Like, I'm an hour <laughs> away from Seattle, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So it's like people are mad. People are s- fucking scared. People are fucking done. That and like I think that's part of the reason this is happening now is because we're all sitting in our house just being cognizant stewing. of like what? Stew- yeah, we're all sitting in our house just stewing. And because of things like Black Lives Matter, we're all thinking more about our roles in society and our roles in life and like power structures. And it's like and especially unfair power structures. And I think, you know, it's like we've we're finally taking that look at our business of like, why the fuck do we operate like this? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is there this weird ass fealty that not only not only female wrestlers have to deal with, but like all wrestlers deal with. Oh, but that's just wrestling, man. Yeah. That's what what I went. (laughs) It's the boys club. The problem is the carny way. um, It's, that we that this person was trained that way so in their mind you bring that forward which is absolutely but fucking ignorant like to say i was beat up when training by my coach for fucking up so i when i became a trainer i beat people up like that's fucking ignorant i actually have a counter to that because my trainer beat the fuck out of me and bullied me and put me through a massive amount of shit and when I spoke to his, like, when I left my school and went to his original trainers um, before I got the season desist to change my character, um, I was talking to them and I'm like, like, I don't understand why I've been treated like this. Like, I've literally been beaten and abused and, you know, put down in every possible way you could think of. And they're like, honestly, I have no idea because none of us ever treated any of our students like that. Not once. Yeah. And I could attest to that because I'm literally under their learning tree seeing how they're training people. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Like, no, you're just doing this because you got small dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, um, not to like make light of everything. Cause I do appreciate like the very heartfelt testimonies you and Chelsea have given, but my favorite tweet that came out of all of this when it all started was, did you see Faye Jackson's tweet about this? Probably. Her tweet where she was like, I was like, like, fuck all these guys. 
They weren't getting any before they became wrestlers, and now they don't know how to fucking act. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, Faye. And she gives zero fucks, and I love it. Mom is right. And I'm just like, yeah, that's like, I feel like that's so much of like, that's why, like, I remember me and Chelsea were hanging out and we, we talked about, we were like going over Joey, Joey Ryan's apology statement. And we got to (laughs) his, his opening fucking line was when the dick flip went viral, I went on a rock star whirlwind experience and I immediately just this rock star lifestyle. And I'm just like, fuck off, dude. You were 35 years old when the dick flip went viral and you had already (laughs) established yourself. You had founded PWG. You had been in impact. You had traveled all over. You were wrestling in fucking Japan when it happened. Like consistently. Like, yeah, like... You were already a very revered, worldwide-renowned indie talent. You were not a 19-year-old kid whose career just started when the dick flip thing went viral. Here we go. What's alcohol? Here's the time frame. What are women? Fuck you. You were 35 years old. You're 40 now. You know exactly what you're doing, how to fucking conduct yourself. I started in 09. I met Joey in about 2000 and... Yeah, so started in 09, met Joey in about 2012. Dick Flip went viral in 2015. Dick was it 15? It's 15. That was 15. I was I was working in Sacramento at a fucking sandwich shop and I literally looked up and went, Why is Joey Ryan's dick on my TV? Because we were only allowed sports because it was like a sports gimmick. And uh yeah, he was on the ESPN thing, and then like I'm like, dude, I've known I remember listening to you complain about WWE not hiring you and only using you for mocap because you've had like six tryouts and they never said, ah, we, we don't want, we don't need you. Mm. But, but he's, you know, hasn't done anything prior to the dick book, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, buddy. But like, even if that's true, let's say, let's say that's true. This all started with the dick flip. You were 35 years old if you don't know how to act at that point brother you never knew how to act like like holy whirlwind of uppers and downers and jet lag and like party on kiss stealing high flying what you are i think all right i don't want to go down this rabbit hole um i was about to go down a rick fly rabbit hole but i'm like that's not it (laughs) um uh so i guess one thing i want to segue into is um was there uh, and and feel free to not share if you don't want to um was there any like because i want to get it to the idea of like as wrestlers obviously there's some people that accusations come out about that we consider friends or we thought we knew on like a deeper level beyond just hey how are you you know, handshake in the locker room. Um, is there anyone? Well, I don't. Okay, I'm not going to ask you. Is there anyone that you are personally struggling about? Because I don't want to dive into that. But what would you say is like the best code of conduct or best etiquette about trying to navigate that? Of like, if you feel like your friend is someone that you like, you didn't think they were, or did something you didn't think was they were capable of. And see, that's that's what's really hard because people can lie. Like, like 
they're they're used to lying like what what's to say that they're not going to just lie straight ass to your face like they've lied to everybody else no i've never done that okay well why does she say you know x y and z oh well you know uh and then you can you know kind of judge their response from there because if you know they're trying to hide something you can tell if you know that person well enough or if you think you know that person well enough um and people have tells like you know when somebody's trying to lie period um it's just it's really difficult when somebody that you thought you knew and somewhere you thought was home um comes under fire and you can't find literally any evidence whatsoever the person denies every allegation that has come out but the problem is that nobody knows what the allegation is it's just something happened you need to believe me i'm trying to protect a victim okay well what happened i i can't tell you that because i'm i'm protecting the victim okay well you can't just tell me that so and so is just a bad guy and i have to believe you i need you to tell me what was done like i can't just base it off of well he's a bad guy and that's how I lost my entire fucking home promotion. Like, I have never felt more comfortable at 3-2-1 battle than I have. Like, the last time I felt that comfortable was when Virgil Flynn was still alive. And for everything to be completely taken out from underneath us and for social media to go in and call the entire promotion rape apologists, like, how fucking dare you? We literally found out at the exact same time that everybody else did. And they're like oh, well, you knew about this since, you know, November, October. Like, no, the fuck we didn't. And if we did, it was because they, you know, the person advocating for the victim had gone against the victim's wishes and spread their story about. Like, if the, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need you to help me with this person. I don't want you to, I just don't want them to talk to me anymore. I don't want to have any contact with them. I don't want anything bad to happen. I just want him out of my life leave me alone it's cool okay no problem and like please just you know leave my name out of it aside from what you need to do and you know just leave it at that how dare you then take that person's story and spread that to other people who you know for a fact have had issues with mental illness and issues with keeping their emotions under control and spread these little seeds of doubt within people who look up to this person as a mentor. Like if something bad did happen, fuck yeah, of all means. Like I'm, I'm not saying don't believe what she feels happened to her because that is, that is her feelings and she is valid in whatever she feels, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, but fucking tell me what he did. I, I need, like, you can't just be like, no. If, if it would be one thing to, like my, my ex-boyfriend that I came out about, I didn't have to use his name, but I fucking told you what he did to me. He lied to me. He manipulated me. He used my vehicle. I went out and worked two fucking jobs, slept maybe like literally in an entire week. I maybe had eight to 10 hours of sleep in seven fucking days because I was working eight to five Monday through Friday. I would work uh, graveyard shifts Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. I would be taking care of his eight year old, uh, helping her do homework cooking dinner, making sure she's had, you know, attention and being played with and yada, yada, while I'm also trying to get a like hour nap in that I'm not allowed to have because that's just his little fucking manipulation. I'm not allowed to control my money that I'm busting my ass for to take care of him, even though he's getting $1,100 every month from his social security, from his epilepsy, because that's super healthy when you're fucking wrestling. Right. Um, you know, it, 
when we're in the gym and he's, you know, standing over me, helping me with my bench press. And he's like, if you don't finish the set, I'm not touching you tonight in front of my trainer. And my trainer just, oh, oh, that's my best friend. I'm just going to let him do whatever he needs to do because he was, you know, he was a piece of work at the time too and was not a good person. Like, and that's not even half of it. But at least I can sit here and tell you what the fuck he did to me. So how dare you go against that person's wishes and ruin somebody's life and tear an entire company down it's a it's it's a fine line that we're walking we're tiptoeing barefoot on the edge of a very sharp sword because yes believe victims i will always 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 say believe victims believe women yes but Usually nothing good ever comes after, but, but here, here it is anyway. Um, there is a marked difference between um, somebody coming out and making an accusation and the screenshot of some typed up accusation that somebody posts that says this was sent to me anonymously. There's, I'm never going to tell somebody that they have to name their accuser if they don't feel comfortable. I'm never going to tell somebody that they have to come out with their story if they don't feel comfortable. And obviously demanding proof before, um, before accepting somebody's story as as valid is like a lot of different shades of gross because n- nobody should have to like I don't have a body cam so I can't give you a play by play of what happened to me and but at the same time there are gross gross people out here who do attempt to hijack hijack movements like this to satisfy their own agenda or to just be part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes though, you'll, you'll find that, uh, you know, well, you'll find that people don't have receipts that, uh, that, that, that a story, that a story is really weird that it kind of pops up out of nowhere because it's, it's really hard for something to just come out of the blue. I mean, of course it can, because, you know, the BTK serial killer, like, had a fucking family, and they never knew. Um, But at the same time, it's just, it's it's a fine line. Yes, you know, make your accusations, name your abuser, out them whatever you need to do for your healing and your catharsis and to make sure that they don't hurt anybody else but we can't be out here ruining lives based off of a tweet either well i think that has been addressed slightly in some circles like the two the two tweets that came to my mind just now were isla dawn's tweet where she said you know, a lot of times when you're being abused and you get away from your abuser, you purge yourself. You delete all their texts, you delete all their messages, you delete all their pictures because you just don't want to be reminded and you just want to move on. Of course. Um, and then conversely, I think 
these conversations are being had about paying attention to how accusations are being vetted and how accusations are being made. Because I remember Holly Dead saying, all you motherfuckers out here who are trying to use the speaking out movement to settle scores or vendettas, you're part of the fucking problem. You know, and so I think it's something that people are aware of. And I don't think it's, I think people are doing a good job. I think because we're of a younger generation that is a little more tech savvy, even if it's painful, we are smart enough to be like, I'm going to hold on to some of this or I'm going to find a way to recover this if I need to, because, you know, one of these days I'm going to get, I'm going to get this fucker. And, um, and also it's just, yeah, it's just, I do think like we have to do, like there is going to be a lot of conversations about like the degree of accusations like i think there's a big difference between like say like the shit mance warner got called out for which is just wait mance warner got called out fucking hell for what he got called out well he got called out because like he just was like hitting on girls and didn't realize there's how, a difference between like, a he shitty was, like, person and a shitty boyfriend like yeah but i'm saying like he was like hitting on girls and he was like i'm sorry i wasn't trying to sexually harass anyone i was just horny like you know like I mean, he said it more art- articulate than that, but that was essentially the gist of it. It was, I was just horny. I didn't know I was bothering anybody versus like... He's like, I'm sh- just being Mance Mourner, baby. <laughs> yeah, versus like shit that... Not that he shouldn't be called out for that because that's bad behavior that has to get corrected. But there's a difference between, I think, that versus like what fucking Dave Chris was doing or what fucking um shit like uh or you know joey ryan joey ryan or like i'm trying to i'm trying not to name the same six people over and over again like um, mark haggerty who is soliciting news from a from a minor you Travis know Banks, jack gallagher jack gallagher you know like just dave lagana dave lagana yeah so i mean like i think I think our community is going to have, I mean, I've seen some shitty tweets for some people that I was like, it's weird. It's been a whirlwind. Like when this all started, there was a couple people that I was like, all right, this person's going to say something shitty and not be on the ball. And then they said something actually kind of progressive and lightning. And I was like, oh, cool. I thought you were a piece of shit, but cool. And then two days later, <laughs> they said something that was like, oh, there it is. There it is. There's yep. a piece of shit. So it's yeah. like, everyone's just ping ponging around. They're just saying shit. They're everyone's mad. Everyone's frustrated. Everyone's shocked, and there's it's just like emotion. and there's a lot of you know stuff that has to be addressed. Difficult conversations that had to be that have to be had. I think in general, like we as this generation of wrestling, wrestling are you know being good at holding everybody accountable for what's going on right now, as far as making sure for the most part that people aren't, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's not, maybe it's not, it's not cancel culture. It's accountability culture. Yeah. Holding ourselves accountable, holding our yeah. brothers and sisters accountable, pr- promote promoters. And, you know, not just, and not just everybody who's involved with things, but everybody who contributes to it you know if you find out that somebody you know somebody you've shared a ring with 
a car with, somebody you're friends with, has leveled very serious accusations against a promoter, maybe don't fucking work for them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't. Maybe don't fucking work for that person. Maybe, uh, maybe this booking is not important. You know, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic and it's a goddamn indie show anyway. So maybe it's like, yeah, obviously I've got a bone to pick. Obviously I'm very upset. Uh, that's, that's no secret. Um, and I won't hide that I'm really fucking pissed at everybody who decided to work a coastal championship wrestling show on June 20th, knowing what happened to me at coastal championship wrestling. Yes. I'm mad at every single one of you and you all know who you are. I'm coming out and saying it because you made that decision. You decided that 20 or 30 or 40 or 60 bucks was more important than your integrity. And if that's you, that's you. Okay. But you have to live with what you did, knowing what happened. And some of you have known for a lot longer. And you did it anyway. But that's you, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat the shit out of you if I see you in a locker room. You know, I'm not all just gonna catch COVID because I highly doubt he's following any kind of procedures. I'm I'm not gonna fucking drag you on social media, whatever. I just, I'm not going to fuck with you anymore. And I don't think anybody else should fuck with you either because clearly you can't be trusted to hold anything in your life accountable, at least of all your morals. But that's, that, that's just what it is. Don't work for child molesters. Don't work for pedophiles. Don't work for rapists or abusers. Uh, don't work for women beaters. Don't work for serial abusers. Don't, do any of those things. Don't solicit nudes from children. Uh, don't work with people who solicit nudes from children. It's like, these are all standards of- Pocket what? Bible, don't be a cunt. Ah, it's like, it's not, it's not difficult. It's like, you pull so, out your little so, list of so morals and there it is. Every, everything I got from that was fuck Chase and Rance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, Wow. Can I tell you guys a story just to lighten the mood a little bit here? Because this oh, has been a heavy episode. While I go eat this cookie. Um, I got strip waffles. So uh, many moons ago, Caden and I uh, thought it'd be fun, or at least easy, to uh, kind of bilk this uh, video game tournament at a Mark convention. And so we were going to go, and the whole gimmick was, it was like a NWO fan meet thing. We didn't really care about that. No offense, uh, Hall and Ash. Um, but uh, one of the gimmicks was they had like a tag team NWO revenge tournament. And if you won the tournament, you got 600 bucks. And I was like, hey, we could beat a bunch of, uh, bunch of fans in this tournament, and we got money for new, uh, money for new gear. And he's like, sounds like a plan. Sure enough, we lost in the first round. <laughs> I lost it. I lost yeah. It. yeah. Um, but what was really carny about it, um, not at that tournament specifically, but when we got there, fucking Chase and Rance um, decided to set up a, a booth uh, for his school. And like, so, and, and I'll name her because fuck it. She, I, I don't care. Amber Nova. So Amber Nova's there. And, I'm, I'm uh, going to be on that show with her in fucking August. I don't care. Uh, uh, so she she's in there. Well, because she said it. So I, I'm. this is her quote. 
there were this was right after the Izzy Effie thing had just happened, where Effie mm-hmm. gave Izzy a fucking choke slam. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they're talking. Uh, we were there, and there's another wrestler there, and she was talking to him, and she was just like, "Yeah, you know, we know that there's pictures because I guess Izzy had gone to their school to like because she was looking for a school to train her, and uh, yeah, she took pictures with us and." But we told her we don't train children, da da da. And like she tried to fob it off as this like, oh, we're you know, we thought better of it. You know, we're the responsible ones, blah, blah, blah. And it took every bit of my being to not burst into that conversation and go, Really, is that what happened? You had the you had the the good the better thought on that one. Or was it by the fact that her father, Izzy's father, is a actual parent? who pays attention to who's going to be alone with his fucking daughter. And maybe, just maybe, she he Googled fucking Chase and Rance. And lo and behold, what did I find? Not only is he a sex offender, but his crime was soliciting a 15-year-old. So, say what you will about Alex Porto, because God knows there's a lot we can say about Alex oh, Porto. Don't even get me started on the pug. Uh, child rapist is not one of them. So... No. <laughs> The only thing they both have in common is asshole. <laughs> so that's why she went and got trained at 2.0. Yeah, but... So the first time that I ever heard of Chase and Rance, I was watching VH1, and lo and behold, what do I see? Tulip Academy. That was the first time I ever saw him, and like he's like, oh yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. And I'm like, fucking what? And then when I went to go to Florida for a month, his name popped up, and I'm like, Huh. And for some reason, like legit his none of his past had popped up at all when I looked him up, but apparently I didn't search hard enough. Um I do find it funny that he has to uh, have a Facebook under a different name in order to contact talent. Jesus Christ. We worked uh, or no, I didn't work a show. I went to a show that um couple of my friends were on and he had to work under a mask because the promotion didn't want him didn't want to uh, have him associated with the promotion but they still booked him didn't they They still booked him okay uh, so I guess I want to touch on that then as, as, we, as we get to like the later end here Kikyo what where like I feel like pro wrestling's under this mass fucking programming right now like we're all under this fucking deep rooted fucking like we've all been groomed basically to if you will to to operate in this way that doesn't make any fucking sense the way that we we just accept the shittiness of pro wrestling because that's pro wrestling that's what you deal with to be in pro wrestling and it just seems to just create this culture of abusing ourselves or putting up with abuse, or tolerating this shit, turning a blind eye, so that promoters and 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 fuckfaces can just keep doing what they want to do, not paying anybody or paying very little, and just putting everyone in harm's way to do God knows what, get the rocks off, just fucking just just act like they got a big dick for once. Um, do you think we're at a turning point that we can finally start to deprogram ourselves? And start realizing that this is a skill set. This is a profession. And we need to start acting like it. Like, yes, we all love pro wrestling. It's our craft. It's our it's our passion. And we would 
you know, most nights we would probably do it for close to free, if not totally free. Depends but, on who it is. Depends <laughs> on who it is. Um, but, like, I don't know. I'm just like, because, you know, Chelsea was telling about the people that worked at CCW show. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, yeah, but that's that fucking diluted programming we have of, like, you don't cancel fucking bookings. You stick to all your commitments. You fucking blah, blah, blah. And to me, that sounds like shit that, like, what you talk about, like, an abuser does. Or it, they convince you that this is what's expected of you. And you're not better than the rules. You're not better than these expectations, you know. Like, who the fuck do you think you are to cancel a booking? You know, and it's like, it just relinquishes all this power to promoters and to, to trainers. And it's just like, I'm so tired of this fealty that we have in pro wrestling. This mindset that we're constantly paying dues and that we're constantly, we're just constantly shit. And we have to be so grateful that we fuck, oh. All right, we're back. Uh, we've uh, Sorry, the government took us down. Yeah, speaking Dang. the truth, I didn't even mention Chris Benoit, so I don't know why we got cut. Um, Talk about Stevie Richard. <laughs> um. So, but like, back to what I was saying. Like, do you think we'll be able to finally snap out of this shit and just start to realize that, like, if we want to be treated seriously, like true, like business people that have a skill set that has to be paid for and recognized for how dangerous it is and how hard it is that like we just have to stop with this fucking old worker bullshit. I feel like this topic that's come out recently is kind of like a fuse box. Like there's a busted fuse there and every so often, you know, you you'll, you know, run your hair dryer while the microwave's going and it'll blow all the fuses and you got to go, you know, down to the basement with your little fucking flashlight like Macaulay Culkin you're afraid of the furnace so you could flip the, you know big light you know, flip the breakers but at some point you have to replace the breaker box because at some point it's just going to blow the whole thing and I feel like this now has kind of like blown the whole thing to where all right maybe now we actually have to look at the entire box and see what the fuck is going on and it's up to the people who not only stood up over this point um and you know spoke out in the first place but it's up to those people who read this and said oh yeah i'm with you to still be with us when we say hey so and so is being a fucking creep and i don't you know i don't feel like i can stand up for myself or i feel like i'm in danger if i stand up for myself can you please help me you know if if somebody comes to you male female non-binary fucking whoever if a fucking dog comes up to you and it's scared find out what the fuck happened to that goddamn dog and do something about it like i don't care go fucking keanu reeves well, okay, maybe not Keanu Reeves. Only oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, but just immediately, I just imagine you standing over like a scared dog going like, who touched you? Where? <laughs> <laughs> Show me on the dog, what happened? <laughs> you just run into this locker room holding the dog like, which one of you touched this dog? <laughs> which well, one I think of pieces like- of shit? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, like Shelly Martinez used to bring her dogs to the shows, and like, I remember having to babysit her dogs while she went out and had her fucking match. Like, or you know, Officer Magnum comes through with Solo Darling, and you know, she watches, goes and does whatever. Or Christina Bonieri, you know, she goes and does her match. She, she gives me Gur, and I have to hold this shaking, tiny, tiny little 
rat dog. She's so adorable. She's so sweet and old and has no TVs anymore at all. <laughs> but, you know, we have to be vigilant about seeing like, hey, why the fuck is Joey Ryan on a card? Hey, why the fuck is Jack Gallagher here? Didn't you see what happened? Okay, well, yeah, I understand, but I still booked him anyway. Okay, why did he complete rehab? Did he go do this? Has he become a better person? Has he shown, you know, and if they these people do end up coming back, they need to be under the smallest fucking atom microscope so that if they even, like, if there's even a, th- I want them to wake up like the first episode of Boondocks to be like, you were dreaming about telling people, why would you, you know, you were dreaming about telling white people the truth again, weren't you? Like, I told you not even to dream about it. That, like, I want that level of, you better fucking watch your back because if not, you will be in jail and you will be done because it is not tolerated anymore. So do you think it's possible? Do you think we will get to that point? I think so. Um, I really like what Max the Impaler has been doing over in Ohio with everything with Rockstar Pro and Dayton. Oh, Anybody else order that like, shirt? Because I sure as fuck did. <laughs> so before COVID hit, she and I were actually supposed to tag at three, two, one battle for Battle Mania. It was supposed to be myself, Maxine Paler, Rhea Von Slasher from uh, British Columbia against Dave Turner, Malcolm Flex, and uh, one of our debuting students, Drake Kwan. And it was going to be fucking amazing. Basically, a giant Hoss battle of three Hoss women versus three Hoss men, and it was going to be fucking great. And then the next day, she and I were supposed to down. Yeah, we were supposed to fly down the next day to LA and be in a Thumbtack Massacre match for my deathmatch title. So we were supposed to have an amazing weekend, and I'm really sad that it didn't happen. But I'm really proud of her for coming up. And you know, there was a, a list that that Max had come up with about holding people accountable for things and having a, some sort of code of conduct and having like a, a zero tolerance. A zero tolerance slash strike system because there's certain things that there's an absolute zero fucking tolerance for and they will never be never be allowed to come back or what have you or you know maybe it is brought to the authorities depending on the situation um but there's like there could also be a strike policy like hey you know uh sammy guevara made a rape joke like all right you know what bro that's strike one we're gonna have to you know this is your warning please do this before you can come back all right, cool. He did whatever he needed to do, but he's got that strike. And then, you know, obviously, depending on severity, it's like, it's like the law when it actually works. Yeah. It's really not that hard to not be an asshole and be like, hey, you fucked up before. There's three strikes in baseball. It's really not that difficult. Yeah. I think, I think the idea is that um, there's teachable, people are being outed for, for things that are teachable to move yes. forward if you're being a creep if you are like trying to hook up with fans if you're saying things that are like coming off off color or like off like just in general if you're saying like you may sammy Guevara is a perfect example and not to keep going back to him but like it was four years ago and he's what he can't be 25 years old so obviously no. do what He's like barely. He's like 20, 20 yeah, like twenty two or twenty three. Like he's, he's like, still I'm stupid sure he's young. Twenty three, so he was like nineteen when he made that. So joke. he was. I mean, yeah. So like, he made a rape he's joke. Barely out of high school. Yeah, and nineteen year olds make rape jokes. Like, I mean, obviously you should not, and it's a fucking bad thing to do. But that's teachable. It's teachable, exactly. He's not. So, he's not thirty five year old Joey Ryan. <laughs> exactly. So like, you you learn from these mistakes. And you can move forward in this business. If you are literally raping people, if you are beating people, 
If you are hurting people, that's a different thing. Like if you are doing something that is like physically um, abusive in any means, be it sexual or like just physically abusive, you don't belong in this fucking business and you should be out and you should be kicked out of this business. If you said an off color thing because you're a, a stupid teenager or you said an off color thing like that's just like, sorry, I forgot. Like, like using the R word, you know? Yeah, exactly. Something that's like, it's obviously heavily frowned upon. Right. Like, and there's a lot of people who like, so in this business, it's not like, oh, who are professional wrestlers? Oh, they're all progressive millennials um that you know like this this and this no it is a wide span of people and like when i was coming up there was an ungodly amount of racist people in this business and no one did not no one did anything about it you and i came up at the same time just obviously different areas and like you would go to a wrestling show and like a 20 dollar pizza payday fucking wrestling show and the um the main event would be some guy named like confederate captain with a fucking Confederate flag versus like some guy who is um, fake gay. And then it's like, and obviously the guy who's, who's fake. Okay. Homosexuality. I need to stop you there. Cause you just literally described the main event of a show we wrestled at in 2019. This is true. <laughs> but like just- we went and wrestled in fucking Dothan, Alabama and the oh. main event, I don't remember who the, like the Faye character was supposed to be. He was like, he was like the mysterious flamingo or some shit he wore a full mask we just got a beautiful adrian adonis and uh and then his opponent was the most over baby face i think i've ever seen he just was the confederate kid and this motherfucker was uh, like a hard 55 like a like like a beer gut out to here missing oh like so shane pody (laughs) yeah just just like a like a real hard 55 Mm. um but yeah, it came out with the flag and the tights and fucking everybody's like, hot damn, fucking whip that motherfucker's ass, yeah. <laughs> But like, and back, so but back in the day, or like back in the day, I feel like I'm 600 years old saying that. But like, but like, it does feel like so long ago. It does, and it's like 10 years ago, a decade ago. But even like we said, like, so Alabama is, I'm, I mean, this is not to offend anyone in parts of Alabama that have a better education or a brighter uh you know like outlook on life but a lot of alabama is a decade behind so like it's okay still in a lot of those people's eyes but it's like and there's no one over there who's like teaching them like yo you can't be racist dropping a being a white guy in a confederate flag outfit and calling people like racial slurs is not a way of getting heat it's a way of getting murdered and like so like ignorant like things like that are teachable in some cases in some cases they're not a lot of these like people are like 65 year old 20 mile vets who are who come out of retirement for this one last match every fucking year and um hey leave terry funk alone okay (laughs) to make a to make a 20 (laughs) dollar payday in a match that no one gives a fuck about so like those people aren't teachable maybe Maybe some of them are, but I would say the majority of them aren't teachable. So we, um, so like the understanding is like some people are teachable and we should teach those people, yo, what you did was fucked up. Yo, this is not a way to, to treat people. It's not cool to call people that or that. That's teachable action. Um, but yeah, fucking, if you're raping people, get the fuck out of our business. Leave it.
give it to the people who are like, like this is not this is not a uh, like a weird. And also, uh, well, I was gonna say also that shouldn't be a fucking grandioso statement. This shouldn't yeah, be no, like. Really. Uh, I should be thinking like some novel like realization. Yeah. It shouldn't be radical what we're saying. It's like, hey, Chelsea and I shouldn't not... be thanking Caden and Ronnie for being like, hey, thank you guys for not being pieces of shit. Say like, it. thanks for being yeah. human. Holy shit. People. No, no, I have to. That happened to me. I was messing. I think I, I said I, that to you, too. So Maybe <laughs> you did, but I remember specifically. I'm not going to name her, but I, I was talking to a female worker, and I was like, hey, you know, da, 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 you know shit, a lot of shit's happening. You know, if you ever need to talk, it's cool. And then she literally goes, thank you, I appreciate it. Also, thanks for, like, never being weird and never crossing the line. And da-da-da-da-da. And I'm just sitting here. Oh, going, I think like, I remember you telling me about that. And I'm just like, <laughs> That's sh- I shouldn't be getting thanked for this. No. That's not something we being a person. praising people for. That's, like, bottom of the barrel humanity things. Like, I think Eric, again. Door open. Eric Stevens. Up had- trash. Thank you for not raping people. Like, the fuck? Eric Stevens had the best tweet. He goes, I'm not a good guy in wrestling. It's just that the bar is so low, it's under fucking ground. The bar is so low, we went to the bottom of Mariano's trench and we couldn't fucking find it. We sent James Cameron after that motherfucker. Nowhere to be found. And so, also, like, the the thing that I'm catching on Twitter is, is like, wrestlers who want to get, like, some, like, kudos or pats on the back being like hey book me because i'm not a piece of shit hey guys just so you know i've never raped anyone hey guys, <laughs> congratulations hey do your best barry horowitz and just pat yeah, yourself dude, on the back there buddy now <laughs> listen here boys i've never done anything wrong in my life like jesus fuck man that's not a humble brag like nobody's not even a brag. You know what? I'm gonna tweet this later. I'm like, hey guys, you should book me because I've never like sexually harassed anybody that I know of. Hashtag humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> so like hashtag the bar has never been lower. Hashtag James Cameron. Like, so if you're one of those wrestlers, like obviously fans, anyone listening, if you are one of those wrestlers who thinks it's okay to tweet, hey, you should book me because I'm not a rapist pervert. Mm, no, don't do that. How about I not book you because you're a twat? <laughs> yeah, just ignorant, Ig- fucking oh, ignorant. So don't ignorant. You gotta be so ignorant. But you know what's not ignorant? I want to know before we wrap up today because I want to end on something positive. Kikyo. Good fucking luck, brother. Kikyo. <laughs> Ronnie. If there's any thing I know is gonna be great, is that when we can finally crawl out of the fucking pandemic crawl out of this hellscape that is fucking 2020 and we can get to some goddamn fucking wrestling you What's know for being 2020 none of us had any good eyesight on this year at all yeah, no. i like i was actually one of those people that was like you know what this is going to be my year this is going to be my year i was like you know i was i was got i got down to about 238 i was in really good shape not that i'm in terrible shape now but i just like i was really hustling it and I was like, I started dating this beautiful woman, and I, like we were getting some good bookings, and like my my home promotion was laying down all these plans for me, like yeah, we're gonna make you champion and fucking doing all this shit, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, dude, we're doing it, 2020, and then fuck all of that, throw all of that out the fucking window. <laughs> 2020 is Lucy and the football being pulled away. Yeah. 
from Charlie Brown. We are all Charlie Brown. 2020 Lucy and the football, or is 2020 Lucy trying desperately to stop all of the candy on the conveyor belt, but it just keeps coming? Oh, the other but I want to know, Kikyo, who is your Wrestle Crush Wednesday? Okay, so I have a story okay, about sorry, my Wrestle man. Crush. I have physically met this man twice in my life. I have seen him in person three times. The first time I met him, I hyperventilated and cried. And will never, ever live this down because tell me why 15 fucking years later, I did the same fucking thing, meeting him backstage doing extra work. <laughs> so I was 15 years old and I met the one and only Jeff Hardy. How did I know? How did I fucking know? I don't know why I thought this was going to Mick Foley. And I'm like, why is everyone going to No, I met him on my 16th birthday, It's me and Ziggy that cry when they meet Mick Foley. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't cry when I, meet, when I met Mick. I actually, I got to talk to him on the phone like a week beforehand. And then, yeah, um, I did, but I, cr- I cried uh, And then I actually, I met him on my actual birthday. And the autograph that I have from him says, happy birthday with my shoot name. Uh, love Mick Foley and Zocco. Mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool but yeah so I'm, I'm like 15 years old I've never met a wrestler before ever in my life and it sucks because like BTW was an integral part of my childhood like I met all of these people through BTW so there's like I have very 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 fond memories of this company um so I'm like second person in line I've been there since six something in the morning the meet and greets not even until like two o'clock Jeff's late. It's like three something. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I will stay here all goddamn night. I don't care. Um, he finally shows up and my mom's like, hey, hey, you know, he's here. He's here. I'm like, yeah, whatever, mom. And I just continue, you know, barking out with these you know, friends that I've now made. And he walks in and he like has his head down. And I just remember literally looking at him, following him with my face and my, my mouth dropped. My eyes just welled and started just fucking it was like a waterfall just could not control the amount of tears coming from my face i started hyperventilating and everyone around me is like oh my god what the hell is wrong with this poor girl like is she okay i'm like oh my god he's real like he's just he's fucking real like holy shit he's real (laughs) and i I i let like five or six people go ahead of me uh finally got calmed down enough to like walk (laughs) and i've got my um the green jh jeff hardy shirt i've got uh another camo shirt underneath that had fishnets that i had stuck my fingers through um and i had a g- pair of green cargo pants with a shit fuck ton of pockets so i was like leaded the fuck out but with the jeff hardy shirt because duh <laughs> and uh huh uh, i just I, I i miss all those pockets man right it was nice to have pockets my my leggings have pockets so that's good um but yeah so i'm i've got my book i've got my, my hardy boys book and i'm like okay i'm gonna do this i'm finally gonna meet jeff hardy this is amazing and kirk piece of shit hey jeff this is that girl that i was telling you about <laughs> why would you do this to me <laughs> immediately start crying all over again because ah you fucking asshole um and Jeff is just like, oh, my God, like this poor girl is just falling apart in front of me and I don't know what to do. And he's like, oh, my gosh, darling, like, 
it's okay, it, man. You don't have to cry. It's okay, honey. You don't have to cry. Like, I'll be coming back soon because he was in between his WWE and TNA stint. Um, and he hadn't been picked up in on TV with TNA yet. It's like, you know, did, you, I have uh, to ask him, did your heart like melt? Oh, did he call you darling? Because I just imagine him calling you darling. Darling yeah, and honey. I, was like, I imagine like the second Jeff Hardy calls you darling, your 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 whole system just goes into shutdown. <laughs> like, if I had video of it, I would give AJ Lee a run for her money. Wow. That's, okay. It was that bad. Like I looked at the AJ and I'm like, oh, that's cute. Because <laughs> I was a fucking mess. So I finally take the like he signs it, my name's spelled wrong. I give no fucks because it's he did it. Don't care. The most I could get out aside from I think my mom telling him my name was you're my favorite wrestler. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and you can see the picture. Like I'll I have to find the picture and I'll send it to you guys of me, just my eyes just bloodshot red and i'm like standing next to him just <sighs> trying to smile and not cry at the same time oh, and uh, went to mcdonald's afterwards calmed down got like the photo blown up um his shirt smelled like him for like literally three months because i took it off and put it in a shadow box <laughs> with the blown up photo of the eight by ten <laughs> and uh, we went back just so like you know i'm 15 i'm like i just want to go look at him you know, I just want to stare from far away because I want to marry this man because I'm 15. And I uh, got to have like a normal conversation with him afterwards because my mom went up to Kirk and was like, hey, like she's calmed down. Is it cool? Like he's on lunch right now. She got to talk to him for like five, 10 minutes. It was really awesome. But uh, flash forward to 15 years later, I'm in Arizona for SmackDown uh, Live. And it was the night that Goldberg came out and said that he was going to fight Bray Wyatt, I think it was. And like Bella's got announced for the hall of fame and everything it was really awesome really fun um had an amazing time got to have my face on there for a little blip with goldberg um but i'm we're standing there before the show in a line over by the medical area so we can get all checked out and make sure we're good and i had told my friend michelle about this and uh i really did not expect to see jeff there whatsoever because he was on injury well, lo and behold, I'm standing there, you know, just bullshitting with one of my friends. And Michelle's like, hey, Kiki, don't look now. I'm like, huh? Tell me why this man was at the end of the hall. And I like, I literally looked at him and I turned around really quick and I'm like, no, 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 no. And I couldn't even help it. I'm like, I'm full makeup. And I started fucking crying. I'm 30 <laughs> years old. And I started fucking crying. <laughs> so i'm like no 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 and i'm like no oh god trying to like control my breathing i'm literally having another panic attack this is not okay and <laughs> i was able to calm myself down enough to where like i was normal when he walked by and i'm like okay <sighs> deep breaths deep breaths he like went into get like a massage for like 20 minutes and then came back out and said like his highs and gave us all handshakes and stuff and <sighs> I, I will I don't know if I will ever be able to look this man in the face without fucking crying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's all right, man. I cried. I cried on my couch when the Undertaker lost. I think we all fucking cried when that happened. Yeah, but like I didn't I, talk to anyone for the rest of the night. It was like really traumatic. Oh that's a story for another day, but I just don't want you to feel alone with your tears. Yeah, though. no, so I had my Fitbit on this whole time, right? I ended up, like, for some reason, my head said, look at the time. 
So I, I checked the time and I kept that time in my head because I went back and looked at my heart rate from the time frame that I saw him. And it just fucking exploded. My heart rate went from like a, like a, a resting like 80-ish. It dropped to like 60. And then it didn't register at all for like five minutes. And then it was spiked all the way up to like 108. Did it like immediately contact EMTs? Be like, um, you did. Like, we're pretty sure <laughs> so, so, something's wrong. We we're, we think her heart has been forcibly ripped from her chest. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it was just so weird to be like seeing like this normal boom, whoosh, and then it was like finally like do 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 do. One of these days, I'm going to be able to do it because I've done this with Matt and I've been able to do this with Edge. Haven't met Christian yet, but I've, I want to be able to tell all four of them, like, thank you for what you've done for me and, this, you know, for everybody in this business. You guys are the reason why I'm even here in the first place, because it was the Terry Invitational Tournament that made me finally look at wrestling and be like, this is exactly what I want to do. I was like 10 years old. I, uh, you know, it's, it's I've, I've gotten to meet um it's weird like i'm pretty good at like not melting down in front of wrestlers but if i meet anybody from the attitude era it's like you could even just be like a jabron from the attitude era but if you were working in that time period i was just like oh my god like like i um i met christian at ikea just randomly i don't like i like christian like i'm not like I'm not like, oh, he sucks, or fuck that guy is overrated, or some shit like that. No, like, yeah, but it's fucking Christian. <laughs> Christian's a good wrestler. Like, you know, I perfectly enjoy his matches, but I would never be like, yeah, Christian's my favorite wrestler, or like, Christian's the fucking best. Like, he's just he's just Christian. But I, I will saw say him, he's and I was very underrated. Yeah, um, but I'm just like, again, like I wouldn't say I'm like a Christian stan or something. <laughs> and I see him at a fucking IKEA, and I'm like. Like, I'm really good at if I see a wrestler in public, I don't say anything. Like, I've seen, like, Samoa Joe come into my mall a few times when I'm working. And, like, I've trained with him. Like, I like I could easily go talk to him. But I'm just like, nah, he's, he's a day off. He's just chilling. But I see Christian and I kid, and I'm just like, I have to go say something. <laughs> like, it's like that. I don't know when we're ever going to say this again. Or <laughs> He's just trying to pick up a sclerg and see if it fits with the crank. Yeah. It was, it was funny because, like, I met Matt. And, like, the first time I met Matt was when I was still, uh, like, it was pre-wrestling. And, like, I remember starting to get a little teared up when I was, like, walking up to him. And then, like, all of a sudden my brain's like, it's just Matt. <laughs> Harsh. Wow. Oh. I know, right? Oh. Party, I was mad at myself. Happened upon this podcast, we're sorry for the shit. I know. Well, to make up for it, like I, I did meet him as a wrestler, like several years later. It was like, you know, thank you for everything you've done, blah blah blah. But I just, I just want to take a second and uh, Matt Hardy, uh, look, um, the feeling is not mutual from all of us. We'd love to have you on the podcast <laughs> at any point. I, I think you are just as good, if not better, than your brother, if you ask me. And I would love no, to he's definitely better in the ring. He's more technical. Like, that was always the thing. Yeah, Jeff Matt, Matt Hardy flashy. actually is a oh. wrestler. Jeff Hardy just fucking does shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jeff, so we come a run, long way. We walked so we could run. With that being said, Jeff Hardy, I just want to let you know that we are all fans of yours, maybe not James, <laughs> but I want you to know that we would love to have you on the podcast sometime. <laughs> fucking A. 
Oh man! Just don't um, have me on it, otherwise I'll just ruin the whole thing by hyperventilating and crying. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're like trying to have the podcast, and Jeff's just like, "Was that? Is that like a sprinkler going off in the background? What the fuck's happening?" <laughs> we're like, I fucking love you guys would have him on and be like, "Hey, let's call Kikio just to fuck with her." He'd be like, "Hey, do you have like five minutes? We want to play a joke on one of our friends." <laughs> it would be like the we'd be getting to the end of the podcast, and we'd be like. All right, you know, uh, Jeff, we know that you've done a lot of, you've wrestled basically everybody in the businesses, uh, but this is called Wrestle Crush Wednesday. We decided to flip the script, and then <laughs> Kikio pops up on screen and be like, This is Kikio. She wants to wrestle you. And you're like, Yeah, actually, it's like pouring tears, your phone spazzes out from moisture. It's a great time. It would be, and the just people cry. Any of the Hardys, if you want to get on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, uh, the Hardys from the books, like you know, like just the, the Hardy, Hardy boys, the boys, the, Hardy the boys, boys, boys South Park, Park right? we're just like we're we're open to pretty much anything. Any Hardys? Can we get the uh, Rowdy the, Rough Boys? The what? The, the Rowdy, Rowdy Rough Boys. boys. Yeah. Powerpuff Girls. Rowdy yeah. Rowdy, bout about it. Also, uh, is this our rowdy rowdy bout about it segment? Yeah. <laughs> I don't also, know how to make that a thing, but I'm gonna make it a thing. Rowdy rowdy and bout it bout it. If yeah. you are indeed rowdy rowdy about it, I, I literally learned the tequila sunrise because I decided that we're a Conan Stan podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> for rowdy rowdy bout it bout it. Um, all right, so you. it's the rep. Rowdy Rowdy Bout It Bout is going to be uh, a new segment uh, brought to you actually by Hardy's new uh, roast beef sandwich. So that sounds cool. You see where I did that? Is It's a callback to. Um, <laughs> I don't have Hardy's over here. I've got Carl's Jr. It's the place. And, and by sponsored, like, we don't mean that they're, like, giving us money or anything. It's just, like, what we eat to, like, give us energy. For, for- to do this podcast. They, as long as they bring the pastrami sandwich back, I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, Kiku, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know that a lot of what we've talked about today was, you know, hard stuff to talk about, but I think it's definitely conversations we need to be having. Um, is there any kind of like, you know, you can't sum up what all of this is about all of what the speaking out movement is about in a succinct statement. But I mean, what do you think is for you personally, at least what has been the most important thing that's kind of come out from everything that's been this, the whole, the huge explosion of this movement. The, the details of how people have been speaking out. Like it's like, like, like we've said, it's not that we're not saying don't believe victims. It's the way that these people have been coming out about what has happened to them. Like there's there's ways to do it and ways to protect the victims and still out your abusers and still be safe. And you know, if if anybody has a story and they don't feel comfortable saying it, you know, from their pers- you know, from their standpoint or using their social media or whatever, like contact somebody. Con- you know, you can hit me up. I'm sure, you know, you three have your DMs are wide open to help, you know, people like it's we're, we're there are people there for you. And I, I don't want people to be scared anymore. And that's, that's the whole point that we spoke up for. We have had to carry a weight that we should have never had to carry in the first place. And we're finally saying, fuck you. This is not our weight to carry. You need to hold yourself accountable and everybody needs to hold everyone else accountable who even think about trying to come back and make sure to 
you know, it, it's really bad that I have to use a fucking bus line. See something, say something. That's like the basis of it. See something, say something, stand up for yourself, stand up for your friends. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's not enough to just say you're like against this or you support victims. It's like you actually have to act. You have to have those hard conversations with your quote unquote friends. You got you have to defend people, act on people's behalf and fight. You have to you have to be willing to start some shit. Don't just say it, be about it. Yeah. Be rowdy, rowdy about it, about it. Yeah. Um, Gucci booty. Kika, where can uh, people find you? What are all your socials? They can find me on the Instagram, the Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Everything's all at Fallen Kikio. And uh, I like to do the, that's F-A-L-L-E-N-K-I-K-Y-O. That's Fallen Kikio. Ain't I great? <laughs> Uh, you can also go over to fallenkikio.bigcartel.com. Uh, I've got several shirts up there as well as um, one pride shirt, which is unfortunately after everything came out about J.K. Rowling, which really sucks. Uh, I have a house pride shirt that is uh, the Slytherin crest, but it has a K for it for House Kikio because in House Kikio, everybody's fucking included. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh <laughs> And I have another uh, fully inclusive pride shirt coming out soon. I just have to like finish up the background on it. But you can also get a magic color changing coffee mug with my logo on it, as well as some stickers on there. So, oh, yeah, it's really cool. It's like I'm waiting for my paycheck so I can get one of my own. <laughs> but yeah, follow Kikio, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Big Cartel. If you want to still go over to my pro wrestling tees, same thing, follow Kikio. Um, Anything that I have been getting from this month, whether it was like five or ten dollars or uh, fucking a hundred, I'm still going to be making a donation to a black trans support group that is out here helping people who have been arrested over the protests and helping uh, black trans in the communities. So the BTF collective. Nice. All righty, righty. Well, uh, is that? I think uh, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you can also catch me in Minnesota in St. Paul for Kickstart My Heart, August first. Um, I'm not sure on the brewery company, but if you go over to Kickstart My Heart on Instagram or Facebook, you will see everything that we've got going on. Show starts at seven. Um, tickets are already on sale. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be. Um, I'm on the show. Amber Nova's on the show. Uh, Ashton Starr will be there. Lindsay Snow will be there. So I'm super super stoked yeah, to see some yeah, old yeah. friends. So Lindsay Snow. Be, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Ashton Star is cool too. I just don't know him. <laughs> um, so I will drop our socials real quick. You've already found the podcast, so feel free to share the podcast and let your friends know that you can listen to Demon Road Diaries on almost every form of podcast listening service by simply searching Demon Road Diaries. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Demon Road Diaries. You can find the Coda at We Are the Coda on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, and at prowrestlingtees.com slash We Are the Coda. You can find me personally on Instagram at Music City Messiah and on Twitter at Music City KG. <laughs> We've already made such a ruckus. You want to go? <laughs> Sorry, uh, my cats are trying to chew on my phone charger. You can find me on Instagram at 
Durden says, Twitter at the Durden says, prowrestlingtees.com slash Chelsea Durden if you are interested in helping me put my cats through college. Stop chewing that shit. I love them. I really do. It's just I don't want to buy another phone charter. Um, and as always, my mother is very sensitive. Please leave her alone on Instagram. <laughs> And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bastard Son Rios. Uh, we've been over this. Stop adding me on Facebook. Uh, and I'm thinking about maybe saying fuck it and downloading a TikTok. We'll see where that goes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to post anything. I just, uh, you know, I want to keep up on the memes. Memes are important to me. Fair. Yeah, I liked the, that Kesha song, too. <laughs> All right, guys. And I think it's more important and more imperative now than ever. Please, please, please stay safe and stay jacked. You know what time it is and you know exactly where I'm going. We're talking about that face. We're talking about that beard. And what can you do to get a better beard? Well, you need better beard care. And you know who makes better beard care? That's right, La Barba Cubano. La Barba Cubano just put out a brand new scent called Bloody Hell. And it is a blood orange, clove, and cinnamon scented beard oil. It also has the essential mix that helps soften your beard, promote healthy beard growth, and keeps the skin underneath feeling great. So head to Instagram, find La Barba Cubano by simply searching La Barba Cubano on Instagram, give it a follow, and then head to the site and pick up some better beard care. And while you're ready to check out, use the code Demon Daddies to save yourself 13% on checkout. Get yourself some better beard care with La Barba Cubano. It's almost 4th of July, guys, and that means ProWrestlingTees.com is having a sale. It's a big 20% off uh, on all t-shirts and literally everything that's on the site. So head over to prowrestlingtees.com slash wearethecoda or and prowrestlingtees.com slash Chelsea Durden and get 20% off of any of our t-shirts. That's including the Demon Road Diaries t-shirts, Chelsea Durden t-shirts, the Coda t-shirts, so many t-shirts. And you're getting 20% off. I mean, that's a deal. Plus, I think it's uh, I think it's free shipping on orders of $150 or more, which is a lot of t-shirts, but it's almost back to school, I think. Anyway, use the code AMERICA and save yourself 20% at ProWrestlingTees.com slash WeAreTheCoda and ProWrestlingTees.com slash Chelsea Durden. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um... Captain America. Um, Technical difficulties. Hey, Aaron, if you it, when you edit this, can you put like a like a, a scratch and it's like. <laughs>
And then the movie comes back. The technical difficulties, like snack and drinkies. Yeah, yeah. And then like come back, and it's like, sorry, I got shut down by. Sorry, I got shut down for speaking the truth. The across my keyboard and kick you out of the call. Fucking, fucking Kevin Dunn's got a line to my my microphone. He's watching. But I. Thank you. Oh, right. This isn't a video thing. I don't know why I'm doing this. But yeah, we can make it a video thing. <laughs> I think we could. It's just like... Yeah, yeah Rios, feel free to cut out, cut that clip. Along right. with the clip of um, of Chelsea throwing, uh, I don't know, a burrito. Yeah, the, I'm definitely going to do something with the fucking cat barrage. <laughs> it, was, it was a package of baby wipes. Oh, uh, okay. So... Hey, you want to turn off record? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah.